0: You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, success without sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth
1: on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. All right, what's up, everybody? I am really excited to have our next guest on the podcast here. We've had some really good guests here in the past, but this one is really exciting for me because I uh, met him. I have not known him that long, probably since this summer. But uh, one thing I can say is that he is an inspiration to me, just to see his work ethic and how he uh, puts... Plans into motion. He says he wants to do something. And I've been watching this guy and he just actually does it right. And so our uh guest today is gonna be Mr. John Mikish. And uh the way that uh Jerry and I got involved with John is through EXP and uh through our coach Lars Hedenborg. And so I'm so glad that uh, he has come into our lives and just the leadership that he presents to us and then uh, just who he is. So the one thing I'll say is uh, John, can you just introduce yourself and then we'll uh, we'll get started here.
0: Yeah man, pleasure to be here guys. Appreciate you having me on the uh, podcast. My name is John Mikish. Uh currently I'm living in Bozeman, Montana and uh have a wife and my daughter. Uh she's 12 and uh yeah, just really excited about things that are going on. Excited about how we get, how we all met here, and uh, pumped about this podcast that you guys are doing. And you know, just really getting in and digging deep on you know the success principles of these different people that you're introducing. So, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. So we'll get we'll get into your story here for sure. The one thing that we always ask our our guest when we first come on is when you hear success without sacrifice, what does that mean to you? And you know, when we say success without sacrifice, we don't mean that you're not going to have to sacrifice in order to have success. But what we do mean is that we don't want you to sacrifice the things that you love in order to have success. So John, when you hear that, what is kind of the first things that pop in your head?
0: Yeah, as you're telling me like what the definition is, the first thing is that pops into my head is that most people do sacrifice. They sacrifice their their potential success for, you know, what they think they want or what they've been told they should want. You know, for me, I, I feel like I fell into that trap early on when I was in my, you know, earlier part of growth in my real estate career. I was just kind of doing the things that people told me I needed to do. It was like, hey, this is the next step. This is the next level for you in this career. And I kind of kind of just blindly followed. And, and I had a realization, a wake-up point, you know, probably 10 years into my career where it was like, wait, my success is my success. And for me, it was about keeping things simple. It was about keeping things joyful. And it was about keeping me and my family on the track that we wanted to be on. And what I found is a lot of times, like I'm receiving great coaching or counsel or I'm reading a good book, but the person that's putting out that content or that path has a different desire than I do for what they want it to look like at the end. You know, for me, we, we uprooted our life just a couple of years ago and, um, you know, sold everything we had, like, like we went all in on this idea of success without sacrifice. We, we woke up one day and we were just like, man, like if we could do it all over again, would we choose to be right here right now? and when we realized that the answer to that was was clearly no it was like well we only get one life like what's it going to look like what do we want it to look like and that started a chain reaction of decisions that you know involved us selling our lake house that we had just custom built selling all of our material possessions condensing our lives down to a 10 by 10 storage unit in a van and traveling around the country and we knew that traveling around the country wasn't the end all be all But we were like, we got to get some space and we got to slow down and figure out what's that, what's that next thing look like for us? What are we going to do to design the rest of our lives intentionally? And uh, that trip that we took for a year and a half um, really set us on a course to doing that. And I feel like we're living that out right now.
2: I was always curious because your daughter would have been what? Nine, nine or 10,
0: eight, nine, 10 when that took place. Yeah. She was like just 10 when we were having that conversation and, um, you know, she was like 11 on the trip and now she's 12. So, so was there ever
2: a hurdle? Cause I hear people talk all the time about the decisions they're making and the kid becomes the number one, you know, category and whether we're moving, what school district, you know, where we're going, uh, we don't want to move cause they play this sport. Or we're not going to move cause my kid's friends. So I did that. Like, was that ever, did you ever wrestle with those thoughts or was it, we need to look at this bigger picture and you had some real good clarity on that?
0: Yeah, you know, to each his own, right? Like this is, this is our life, we get to design it. We've never, we've never taken the philosophy that we're gonna design our life around our kids. Mm-hmm. We've always said, we're gonna design our best life and our kids along for the ride as long as they're with us. And at the end of that, they get to choose what their life looks like. And if we've done a good job of like upholding our values and and our desires and giving them the lens to see that experience, then hopefully they'll do the same with the rest of their life. But, but I, I look at it like so many people make decisions around their kids and it's like, well, if the kid's designing your life and the kid's designing their life through a filter of, you know, a 10 year old or a 12 year old or a 14 year old, like, Hey, mommy and daddy, I want ice cream for dinner. You know what I mean? Like, why are we letting them, them do that? And, and I think that, you know, there's two sides to that coin, obviously. Like if you're making decisions that are in your kid's best interest, like that's smart and I get that. We just always felt like our life was congruent with what was in our kid's best interest. So the time that we took our kid out of school go travel around the country, we feel like she learned more in that year and a half than she could ever have learned in the public school or private school system, going through the motions in the regular day to day. Like she saw things, she saw the way people live, she saw perspective. And I think she also saw what was possible through, through us and that we were willing to cash in all our chips to follow our heart and do something that we felt was important. So, you know, we're, we're, we're never stopping. Right. So like right now we have You know we're here in Bozeman, Montana. You know we're putting down new roots. We're opening up a new business, but we're also talking about what are the next two to three years going to look like, and it's going to be a wild, crazy journey. And for us, that's congruent with what we want our life to feel like. Like we want this to be an amazing, wild, crazy, fun journey, and we just want to experience as much as possible. We want to impact as much as possible, and we're always like, what are we? What? What? Where are we trying to be safe? Instead, where, instead of where we could be impactful. So just letting like God lead us and guide us into what's that next thing for us that really, really is the next level. And, and a good for instance on that, guys, would be, I was recently at an event and I was speaking at the event and you know, I was super pumped up going into the event. And as you prepare for an event like that and, and the honor and the privilege to be able to speak to a large audience, you know, there's a lot of weight and pressure, um, or at least I think there should be, right? If we're taking that responsibility seriously. And when I got done with that, I was like, okay, now I can just experience this event. And I was just in awe of all the people that were there, many of which were in my organization. And I'm like, all right, you know, God, what's what's the next level for me? Like, these people are here. These people are making investments in their time and their resources to be here. What's What's my next level going to be to help lead them? And, you know, I just got like this clear, this clear feeling that for me, like, what's the one decision? Like it's always comes down to one decision. Like what's the one decision that I can make right now and commit to that will impact my life and those around me more than any other decision. And for, for me, it was just like, I need to stop drinking. And, you know, I I wouldn't call myself an alcoholic or anything like that. But, you know, I like to go to the breweries and I like to go out with friends and I like to drink. And, and the reality is, is that in those moments, I'm less effective. I'm less impactful. And certainly the next day, I'm more cloudy. I'm, maybe I don't feel like doing that new presentation or maybe I don't feel like, you know, going and proactively reaching out to that new person. And, and that decision, that one decision, that one morning when you don't feel like doing something could change somebody else's life forever like doing it or not doing it. So on August 21st, we made this decision that we're not going to drink for an entire year. After that year, we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll never drink again. I don't know. But I know I'm committed for the next year. And that's just the decision like, you know, success without sacrifice, like I'm not willing to sacrifice my potential future or somebody else's potential legacy because of one decision. So that's just like a, for instance of like how my mind works and like some of the things that we're working on, but I really feel like the next two to three years are going to be just this wild and crazy ride. That's probably going to affect my kids' kids.
1: That's awesome. I love it. I actually kind of made that same decision uh, a little bit, a little bit while back as well. The thing I hear there. So the things I'm I'm hearing and that are coming to my head is one is like is leadership, right? So, you know, you've been put in a place to where you're leading people and you're taking that responsibility seriously. My other question, my question is when you said that, cause it's not like you're not doing things. You're not already doing things great to like, you're trying to maximize your potential, but where does that come from? As far as, you know, it's like, well, I don't want to drink. So you're trying to take yourself to the next level, right? Is it a f- matter of like, you were at that event and you're like, man, like there's so many people I can impact here. This is like what I need to do. So really my question is, is like, where does that inspiration come from? Have you always had that? Or is it like a step-by-step thing? You realize it and then you make a decision? Like, where does that, where do you see yeah. like that, that process going?
0: Yeah. So from, you know, from a disc personality assessment type, like I'm a DI. So I'm a high D with a medium I. And that just means that like, I'm very progress driven. I'm very goal oriented. Like I'm always like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And that's for better or for worse, Right. You know, sometimes that can hold us into what we call the gap where we're like, we're always trying to get to that next thing that we can never appreciate, like what, what we have and where we are. So I have to be aware of that and make sure that I'm not always like striving at the sacrifice of my current reality. So that's something that takes awareness and it takes effort. One of the ways I combat that is I, as soon as my eyes open in the morning, before I do anything, before I pick up my phone, before I even get out of bed. I focus on what are 10 things I'm grateful for right now to like really lock myself into my present reality. Because if I don't do that, I'm always, I'm always like, Oh, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, what's that next goal? I mean, I literally have in front of me like goals right here that are written down in front of me. But when I was, when I was at that event and I'm at the event too, right? So, so I feel like where whatever situation I am, whether I'm leading somebody, or whether I'm being led, I'm always the student. Like I'm one of my core values at my real estate company is learn, like embrace new ideas. And as I was taking in that event, after I got done speaking, I had the opportunity to just say, okay, what do I have to get out of this event? what, what is it? What is the message for me? And when Tony Robbins came up next and he shared that energy is everything, that's where this idea, this feeling, this sentiment started to form in me that like energy is everything. And if I have more energy to give, then people are going to receive more from me. And if I'm a leader that cares about the people I'm leading, then I want them to receive as much as possible. And, and that's that's the leadership and, and that I'm willing to take on. And for me, as soon as I heard that word energy and, and, and my mind's going to health and wellness and like, how can I be the best version of myself? I'm like, that's the one decision I got to make right now.
2: That's awesome. Um, I'm going to for me, I'm going to back up a little bit. And how I was introduced to you was, um, you know, my story with, and this is the EXP story is I talked to Jacoby, I think it was like on a Thursday and he's like, and he was with Weichert at the time. And he's like, yeah, I'm having a meeting with my broker tomorrow about buying the brokerage. I'm like, Oh, that's pretty sweet. And then, then fast forward five days, I call him on Tuesday. We're just chatting and, like, he didn't even think anything of it. He goes, oh, I didn't tell you. I I transferred to eXp. Like, so within <laughs> five days, he went from meeting with the broker to, you know, at a different brokerage. I'm like, what? And then so then we started to break that down. But my introduction to you was, yeah, I, I jumped on a call with uh, this guy, John Mikeish, and we need to be in this guy's world. Like, so, w- you know, whatever you said on that call, and I heard your story of it, it was your first uh, what we call a three-way call. And you were by the, I think you were by the water or something. And you said, I have no idea what I'm going to say to this guy. And But he walked away with like, we need to be in this guy's world. And so, you know, Lars, us having a relationship with Lars connected us to you, which connected us to AJ. And my sole decision in making the transfer of the brokerage, and I was the, I was the general manager of a, a local independent 220 agent brokerage and uh good friends with my broker and my sole decision was based on the four relationships that were above me Jacoby Lars you and AJ and when I broke down your guys's character and what I saw in the short term I'm like you know rev share stock the brokerage tools it didn't matter to me I just knew I needed the relationships and that's where I jumped on so then when I hear you say leadership like that makes a ton of sense where that's like, oh, this is all kind of comes right together. My question on the leadership part is, obviously, you were a leader because you you were running a brokerage at the time. And so you had some leadership. But jumping into the leadership role you've taken with Game Changers, which is the group that uh, we're in with EXP, and there's thousands of people in it. As you jumped into that leadership role, what did that look like? Because from a number of people or from people you're affecting, I think that probably magnified over what you were, who you were leading before. Um, and I'm curious as to like, what mental hurdles did you have going into that? You know, am I, you know, whether it's am I qualified for this or what gives me the right to do this? Or um, I want to hear what you have to say about
0: that. Yeah, man, it's good stuff. And, and it's just cool to hear it from, from your side of the story. I mean, Jacoby was the first, as you said, three-way call I ever did lars you know i talked to lars lars said yeah i'm in let's do this and um then he was like hey i got you got to talk to this guy jacoby he's amazing and i was like all right and uh he's like can you talk to him right now and i was walking through the park with my family (laughs) and i was like yeah let's do it man like like do it now do it now like like now is the time so he, he threw me on a call with jacoby and we just talked and we just shared our heart and our vision around this and You know, obviously, Lars ran an extremely successful coaching company. Uh, I had coached with him. So I knew the impact that he was already having. And I just said, man, your impact can be magnified so much through this opportunity. And when he saw that vision, uh, again, it was like, yeah, it's going to benefit us. But like, we're already doing pretty well. Like, I didn't need to do EXP for financial reasons. I needed to do EXP for fulfillment reasons because where I was and what I had built and what I had gotten to, I felt like I couldn't be a great leader anymore because a great leader doesn't hold back from his people. And I was in a brokerage model where I was running a real estate company as a real estate team, offering value to my agents, teaching them how to be effective at selling homes, but withholding the information that could allow them to run great companies if they chose. Because if I gave them that information, now I hurt myself and my family and the opportunity that I'd built over the last 20 years because people would leave me. So imagine being a leader and getting to a point financially, just in your career, where all you wanna do is give back and grow and impact. And the fulfillment isn't from the financial rewards anymore. It's from the impact that you can see yourself have through other people. And imagine being in that mindset where that's where your heart centered around and you're in a real estate model where you can't do that because doing that is at your own device. So I was actually walking away from real estate and, you know, the success that I had achieved in that industry had changed my life and it was still all running and like everything was going great from the outside, but from the inside, I felt totally broken and I felt unfulfilled. And I'm like, I don't even want to do this anymore. And most people would be like, how is that even possible? Like, I wish I had the business he had. I wish I had the businesses he had. Cause I had, you know, real estate going, mortgage going, title going, coaching going. Like I had all the things in real estate and yet I was unfulfilled because of this inner conflict that I was feeling about the industry and like what I was able to do. So when I moved to Bozeman, Montana, which is clear across the country from my real estate business in North Carolina, I was running from that, that conflict. And I was like, I'm going to Bozeman, Montana. I'm gonna do something different and I'm gonna grow a different type of business and I'm gonna go all in on that. And, and it was in that process of doing that that I reconnected with AJ. And man, when you talk about leadership, like, like leadership to me is, is the fruit of somebody who's pursuing something for the benefit of others. And I knew AJ before EXP and you know, he was a great guy then but the guy he is now is unrecognizable to the guy he was then when I met him five years ago, like unrecognizable. And, you know, and I saw that, okay, him being with EXP produced fruit in him and created a leader within him. That's unlike the person that I knew before. So I was already like somewhat curious and like, how could this happen? Like, what is it aside from the fact that the guy's making more money than I ever made before having all the success that I've had, And, and it's like, how does that happen? And, and like the fruit of it is all good. It's leadership. So leadership for me is like, okay, like I'm, I'm in a position now where I can impact people. How am I going to go all in on that? So when I decided to make the move to eXp, it had so much more to do with the fact that I felt like I could go all in because the business model unleashed me to be able to share everything that I had within me, all my knowledge, experience, and success, and be able to impart that on other people to help them achieve success faster. And once I realized that like that was the game, it was no longer about, about real estate for me. It was about fulfillment and about me pursuing something. And I just did an interview um, a couple of days ago and I was like, I'm not working anymore. Like I'm doing what I wanna do when I wake up and I love doing it. And I sat down with a a young couple that they're expecting their second child. And uh, they just found out and they're super excited. But they work as a husband and wife, real estate couple. And they're asking themselves questions like, man, we had a great year this year. And we had a great year the year before. But now with with our new family dynamic on the horizon, how are we going to be able to do what we did last year, when we have a new one that we're expecting? And And one of our partnerships are gonna be out of the game. And and like, why do we have to trade success for wanting to grow our family? So like, I meet this couple and they're just like, great. And I'm like, I have all this knowledge. I'm like, I can help you build a team. I can help you scale. I can help you get the room around your life so that you can do both. And it's like, man, when I can feed into somebody like that, money will always follow the, the success of impacting others whether it's, you know, as an author or, you know, whatever business vertical you're in, or, you know, if you're in a charitable situation, if you're a pastor, if you impact people, there will always be money there to sustain you. And, you know, I just feel blessed that I found something, EXP in this case, that allows me to to just share and impact people. And I'll be doing this for the rest of my career. And And I don't see it as a retirement thing. Like I told somebody, I'll never be the guy that's like, Hey, I did it. I took care of me. I'm on the beach for the rest of my life because that's to me, that's never going to be the thing. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go to beaches, but I want to be at the beach around all my people. And I want us all to celebrate for the impact that we've had. And then I want to go back out and do more of it because, you know, I want to fill the beach with people. I don't want to just be there alone, like the Corona commercial all by myself. That sounds like, that sounds like prison to me. So, you know, to each his own, but like leadership is, is all about impact for me. And, um, you know, I feel like for whatever reason, like my makeup to just be here at this time and and, in this world, in this country, and you can say what you want about where we are and how difficult the times are right now and all the craziness going on out there. But man, I'm glad I'm here and I'm not in Afghanistan. You know what I mean? Like, like there's so many worse places we could be. So let's just embrace where we are in the season that we're in and be grateful for where we are and let's go on and do something amazing with the time that we've been given.
2: And I love all that. And uh, the one where my head goes is so in this line of, in this group of uh, men that I've put myself around, I'm the old guy, 52. uh, And that's, what's been a ton of fun about doing this podcast with Jacoby who, so I have a 26, 21 and a 15 year old and Jacoby's got all babies. And, and so we're like in these different spots, um, brought up way different ways, but the, like the mentality and the mindset stuff that we're talking about is not like, just cause I didn't figure it out in my twenties or my thirties doesn't matter. And so I really got on my, my growth journey and probably like 2015 is where all of a sudden somebody told me, Hey, you can design your life. And before I reacted to life. And so it's been incredible for me being, being the old guy. Like, I thought that was going to be a hurdle in this, like, Hey, I'm older. I should have it figured out, but I don't like, it hasn't been like, I've been able to work through that. And like, like, I want to be somebody who's showing guys that are in their forties and going through their midlife stuff that, Hey, you can make big changes at this point in your life. It doesn't matter. Like it's, you know, it's not too late. And so I want to be that example. And so you guys pushing on me is like, you're, you're affecting the old guys too. And, I'm super grateful for it and that I'm super grateful for my friendship with Jacoby and that, and that like a lot of his mindset, like I hear you talking and you guys have a lot of similarities, like a lot of the things like your priorities and uh, how you want to level up. And, you know, you want to lead people And you know, like I would, you know, knowing Jacoby, like his, uh, I don't even know that he has a vision board, but it's not like the vision boards we see all over the internet. It's, you know, it, it's something different. And just like, wait, you know, a lot of guys with money that we know of are going to warm climates and you picked Bozeman, Montana. And so it's just, I, I appreciate the difference. I appreciate the leadership you're given. And just I wanted to share my perspective from kind of the older guy on how that looks,
0: man, just be the best, the best older guy out there. Like um, yeah. one of the, I, I just think getting around great people is essential to, to your success. And uh, I'm always aware of like, who's in my world, like who's closest to me. And I'm always striving to be around great people. So, you know, certainly this business opportunity has given me that to get to know guys like you uh, that I would have never known otherwise, but just to build an organization of great people and, and understand that like, we're, we're, not, we're not here yet. Like we didn't get to where we're going. Like we need to use this time wisely and continue to grow and strive and become better. Like, I want people to say that John Mikish of 2021, I don't even recognize that guy. Like, I want people to say that about me in two, three, five years. Like, I want to continue to grow and and be a better leader with each day that passes. And I just like one of my favorite books of all time, and I talk about it all the time is Benjamin Hardy's work and willpower won't work. Willpower doesn't work is all about the people that we are around and you can't like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to willpower my way to that next level. It's all about getting around people who are at that next level and allowing that tide to pull you all up. So I have somebody there, there it is. So I have somebody in my life that's in his, in his late seventies. And I mean, he's, he's probably one of the most impactful people in my world. Like this guy, like I call him my secret weapon. Shout out to Dave but I, I just love this guy. Like he pours into me. Like, I want to be that guy when I'm in my seventies, like just pours into me, like sends me encouraging text messages all the time. Introduces me to amazing people all the time. Like, like that guy, he's not, he's not doing it because he needs a paycheck. Like he's doing it because he's on, he's on fire. And, uh, I just love that. And, uh, you know, I just encourage you, Jerry, to, to keep striving to be that guy in ages, ages are relevant. As far as I'm concerned, you know, you might be in your fifties and, you know, somebody else might be in their twenties, but who's to say that they have more life ahead of them than you do. So we don't know how much time we have. That's why we have to use it wisely. And I just encourage you to keep on that journey.
2: Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty neat too. Like, Cause I get to hear two perspectives. So I have a 26 year old son and I had a 15 year old son and the 26 year old son is saying, Dude, the dad you have is so much better. Like, he, you know, he's always pounding on the 15-year-old to appreciate the the dad that he has cuz I am a different yeah. person. It's
1: good. I want to ch- I want to change gears a little bit. So tell us a little bit about young John Mikish. Like, how did you yeah. get to even get into real estate? Like, where what do you want to share with us? Like, where like what's important to you about growing up and like getting to the point where you're at right now? Where where uh who was a young John Mikish? Man,
0: young John Mike is like, I'm probably a little bit hard on myself there. But like, you know, I barely graduated high school. Like I hated school. I felt like school was prison for me. I think I was I was always born with this desire to have freedom. So as a little kid, you know, I grew up on an 80 acre parcel of land that was surrounded by 1000s of acres of farmland. And you know, I would just go out on my four wheeler and like, explore. And uh, I just had all this, all this freedom. Right. So like I could go anywhere and do anything. It was just an amazing childhood. And, uh, as I, as I got up and I got into, you know, middle school and high school, like it all just felt so superficial to me. It was like, go here, go there, do this, do that. And for me, like being so progress driven, I felt like I was moving so slow that I was in reverse. So it was like a struggle for me. And you know, how I dealt with that then was like, I would seek, you know, seek other experiences that were probably not good for me at the time. And it just led me down being around people that aren't going to be a good circle for me. So what, what happened for me is like, I got out of high school, you know, my parents weren't going to fund my education. I, I really couldn't get into any colleges anyway, maybe like the local community college. And, uh, I just, I just didn't see that as the next step for me. So I ended up packing up my truck and my belongings and like 200 bucks to my name. And I went down south to uh, St. Simon's Island and a week after I graduated high school. And I was like, good, I'm gonna start anew. I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna blank canvas, like I'm gonna redo my life. And I knew that if I stayed where I was, it wasn't gonna end up in a good direction. So I think I've always had this, I think I've always had this ability to like take massive action. And, and kind of like push through the unknown and, and go into that. So that was my new unknown. And I went down there and I'm not going to say it was easy, but it was, it was definitely valuable. The learning experiences that I had and man, it's just, it's just been a crazy ride. It's probably longer than this podcast we have, but you know, I went from St. Simons to, I went to, I lived in Mexico for two years. I ended up coming back to New York after that experience, I ended up getting a job. Uh, for a guy who saw something in me that I didn't even know was in myself. And somebody took a chance on me. And uh, I definitely hold that in, in very high regard. And uh, he said, man, you'd be great at real estate. And I never thought about real estate before. And uh, this person saw a lot in me and gave me a chance. And I got into real estate and the rest is history, man. It, It was a good, it was a good opportunity. I didn't need an education Um, to do it, I just needed a lot of heart and a lot of hustle. And I had that in spades. So I went into the real estate industry and I worked really hard and I took my bumps and bruises along the way, but I found those mentors that were helping me get to the next level. And I've always been super coachable. So like if, if somebody is at a level that I want to be at, or I think I want to be at, and they're willing to share with me, or they're willing to teach me, like I'm all ears, like I'm going to do it the way they tell me. And I think, you know, the reason that I've been able to set records in EXP and, and the reason that I've grown as fast as I've grown is because I didn't try to reinvent the wheel. Like I got into this new opportunity. I, I understood that I could I could grow within this opportunity. I understood that I could impact within this opportunity. And then with that desire, I said, tell me what to do. And I just listened to my sponsor who was already in this opportunity where I wanted to be. And I did what he told me to do and I didn't overthink it. And I just took massive action in the direction that he told me to run. And uh, it works out. So, so basically what it, you did is
2: how you treated your 80 acres. And you could get on your four-wheeler and go wherever you want. When you graduated, you just turned the globe into your 80 acres.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was just, I had great parents, man. Like The the one thing I've always had, and I think anybody who knew me back then would, would confirm is that, I always had a strong work ethic and I got that from my dad. Like, you know, he was, he just worked so hard, but you know, we talk about success without sacrifice. Like he was working so hard in the wrong vehicle and, and, and he just, he could never get to the level of success that he wanted because his vehicle was never going to provide that. Uh, this is a man that would work all night long, work through the night, worked a night job, would come home, have breakfast with us, and then go back out and work at a whole nother business that he had on the side and sleep like three to four hours a night and then sleep on his lunch break during the middle of the night while he was working and did that for years on end to provide a home for us and, and luxuries for us that, that quite frankly, we didn't need or want. We would have rather had more of him but he was doing the best that he could and and going after success the way he saw it, just had a really hard vehicle to get there. And I think many of us like that, like we know those people in real estate, like they're working so hard and they just don't know that they're they're in a clunker and there's a supercar over here where if they work that same hard in this other model that's right beside them, they can go so much further and and they can have success beyond their wildest dreams. And I think that's ultimately the message that I have for people when I share EXP is like, Hey, I get it. Like I was never going to join EXP. Like I thought it was weird. I didn't like the logo. I didn't really like a lot of the people that were in it. And, but I had never looked at it. But once I realized that it was a supercar and I could paint that supercar any color i wanted i could make it look any way i wanted i could make it sound any way i wanted and i could take my brand and put that engine in it and i could achieve success by doing the same things i was doing at far greater levels now i'm now i'm a huge proponent of exp because i think most people don't understand it they think oh it's another brokerage option and i like my brokerage or i like my branding that's being done and it's not that at all it's a completely different vehicle that will get you to where you want to go in far less time so you know I, I had a good work ethic growing up I had a desire for freedom and when I found an opportunity which for me became real estate to take those two things those two components that desire for freedom and that and that hard work and i could apply them in a in an industry that would give me far far greater things than than what i was accustomed to or what I grew up around See, my dad worked for the man and in real estate, like, like I was able to work for myself and build something about myself. And coincidentally in my dad's latter years, he spent the last 10 years of his life working for me. And it's just interesting, right? It's just different careers, different industries, different vehicles. And, you know, I feel like the difference between the real estate industry and my dad's opportunity being drastic. Like what I was able to achieve was drastically more than what he was able to achieve, even though he probably worked way harder than I ever did. But then the difference between the real estate industry and EXP within that industry is as big or bigger of a leap to freedom than, than that was between me and my dad.
2: And powerful stuff there. I would like you to add in there where your faith in Christ came in. Like where did that, or your relationship with, uh,
0: man, how much time do we got? Yeah. <laughs> so so I grew up, uh, I grew up in upstate New York. I grew up Catholic, which meant that, you know, you go through the motions, you, you get, you do your communion, you get your confirmation basically means you get two big parties as you're growing up. Um, got a Nintendo for my communion, which was awesome. And I got some money for my confirmation, which I think helped buy a bicycle or something like that. And that was kind of like my relationship and my faith. It was just like, Stand up, kneel down, sit, pray, like do the rosary, like memorize this stuff, so you can get out of trouble and go through these classes, and then that's it. But I wouldn't. I I would say that I believed in God, but I didn't have a relationship with God. And then when I (laughs) when I left New York and I went down to Saint Simon's Island, like we talk about this all the time, right? We talk about the people that you're around affect your life. Like if you want to know how far you're going to go like measure the five closest people around you and see, see what the average is. That's, that's really where you're going to go. Um, and what was interesting is when I moved to St. Simon's, um, I started lifeguarding and it just so happened that all the people that worked there happened to be Mormon and, uh, all my friends were Mormon and sure, sure. It's it's just like true, right? It's like, you are the people you hang around with. And before I knew it, I was a Mormon and, uh, I went to Mexico and I served a two-year mission and um and uh, and I made, and, I made and, and no this is the key takeaway this though gonna get good yeah and that took
2: a turn I was not expecting
0: yeah so so I became so I became a Mormon and um and man it was it was an experience that I needed it was like I was I was way this side in my faith or lack thereof and then I went way extreme to this other side and and in that experience like some things happened not all good and uh basically the mormon church was like yeah yeah we won't have you and this is after i gave two years of my life and and i served and i and i you know excelled i was a leader within the mission field i became what they know as a district leader then a zone leader it's very much like the military like with a hierarchy and I was just like doing the thing, man. Like, like I said, I'm coachable. Like, this is what I gotta do. This is how I gotta be better. This is how I gotta improve. These are my stats. And I loved everything about that experience. And then I made a mistake. And uh, when I made that mistake, um, I was cast out of the church and out of the religion. And I went back to New York feeling very dejected. And when I went back to New York, I was kind of just living in my parents' basement. Like, hey, what's the next step for me? And uh, I got into real estate, like I told you. And I started to do well. And I started to achieve in that. And somebody took notice of that. Somebody that I went to high school with were like, wow, John, he's, he's killing it in real estate. He seems like a smart guy. Like, I'm going to go talk to him. So a friend of mine, Mike, who used to play baseball with me, reached out to me and said, hey, man, do you keep your business options open. And I'm like, hey, nobody's ever asked me that before. I kind of like the way that feels. <laughs> I said, yeah, I keep my business options open. So he invited this is going to get really good guys. I'm telling you, I hope you got a time for it. But so he invites me to a meeting and, uh, I'll just preface it this way. When I get done telling this story, people tell me I need to write a book. So <laughs> That's what you're going into right now. All right. So, so I go to this business meeting and it's a network marketing meeting and I'm in, I'm like, this is awesome. Like this is more freedom. I'm going to do real estate and I'm going to do this. It's going to be awesome. So I go all in on this network marketing business as a hobby. So like I'm selling real estate full time. And then at night, I'm like driving to these meetings. And uh, I join this company and within this company is this man, this guy that, that is a strong Christian that is just slaying it. Like he is so successful beyond anything or anybody I've ever been around. Like he's got, he's got the cars, he's got the suits, but he's, he's not just like this flashy guy, he's like this humble like leader. And he's probably the strongest leader I've ever met. Now, he gets me on this path of personal development. I start reading John Maxwell books, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and here's where things start clicking for me. I had never been experienced to education from a personal development standpoint ever before in my life. So I go through high school, I don't think I read one book, I think I barely read the cliff notes of the books. I had no desire for that. I didn't think I was a learner. Like these are the limiting beliefs we tell ourselves. like, oh, I'm not good at learning. Uh, You know, education is not for me. But now I'm in this other world and I experienced learning through a different filter. I experienced learning as something that can give me tools to help me achieve freedom. And I start learning about freedom and what passive income looks like. And I'm freaking hooked, man. Like I remember my dad and I having a conversation at the kitchen island and he was like, Son, what are you doing? You're driving all <laughs> over this state, going to these meetings, putting miles on your car, spending gas money driving in the snow, and you're not making any money. He's like, "You need to get a job." And I'm like, "No, I'm never going to get a job ever. Like, it's never going to happen." At this point, my dad still has his job before he worked for me. So it was like, I'm like, "No, I'm never going to get a job." I'm like, "I'm I'm going to I'm going to be free." And he's like, "Whatever." <laughs> now, the guy, it's like whatever
2: you are living in my basement, you know, right. <laughs> the,
0: the, guy, the guy that I look up to is this guy, Jamie Forte, Jamie Forte, who I'm like, is the man. I'm like, this is the guy, this is the guy is like more successful than anybody I know. And uh, we go out to a national conference in Anaheim, California, and he invites me to a non-denominational Christian worship service. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm good on religion. Like been down that path multiple different ways. And like, religion won't have me like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going. He said, Hey man, he said, I'm playing the drums and I need you to come to support me. And, and you're coming. And I was like, uh, okay. Like, I couldn't say no to this guy. Like, he's like my idol. Right. So I go to the non-denominational service at this point, 23 years old. I've, I live in New York. I've never experienced a non-denominational worship service ever in my life. I didn't even know that that was a thing. And I'm standing in this auditorium. There's probably three or 400 people there. And like, I just felt like an out-of-body experience. I walk to the front of the room. My hands are up. My, I'm crying. Like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, and, and I get like this little Bible and they pray for me. And that started my journey. And that's the, that's the day I gave my life to Christ. And uh, it, it wasn't all rosy after that, but I made some commitments that day that what my life was going to be like and where I was going to pursue and what was going to be non-negotiables for me. So at this same time, I'm rekindling my relationship with my wife who we dated in high school and off and on several times. And we're, we're kind of like getting back together and And it was through this company, this network marketing company, where I went and did a meeting at her house as one of those launch meetings. And she saw some, she saw a different version of me than she ever saw. She saw a a leadership version show up because of the books I'd been reading and because of the work I'd been doing on myself. And she was attracted to that new guy. And she already knew the old guy, but she liked the new guy. And we started to get back together. And I had a conversation with her and I was like, look, babe, I'm moving to North Carolina within six months. And uh, I'm a Christian now. And if you want to date me, we have to go to church and we're going to have kids and we're going to get married. And it was just like, I just threw it all on a table. And she was like, okay, she was like, let's do this. And that was a monumental shift for her to, to say all those things. And those of you that grow up, up in upstate New York in that area yeah. you know talking about. So she starts going to church with me and uh, we get married. We move to North Carolina I continue my real estate career down there. I stopped doing the network marketing thing. Coincidentally, the only reason I was able to purchase a house in North Carolina is because the network marketing company that I was with, that was based in Michigan, happened to relocate their headquarters to North Carolina. As I was already in the process of making this move back when anybody could get a loan for anything, but they were just starting to tighten up on that. And I was at the closing table and they said, we can't give you this loan. And I was like, what do you mean? You said I was good to go. And they were like, yeah, no, you can't. You don't qualify. So in in getting on the phone with my lender and and sharing some choice verbiage, we figured out that we needed to attach uh, a job to this. Well, I was with this network marketing company and they had headquartered within one mile of my house after I'd already went on the contract on this property. And we were able to use the address of that network marketing company as my address to qualify for the loan, which allowed me to move down there. So totally, just totally crazy stuff. Fast forward, 10, 15, fast forward 13 years. I had lost touch with Jamie on a day to day or, or year to year basis. Every few years he would reach out to me. So I hadn't talked to Jamie Forte in about probably two years and I'm getting ready to take this trip around the country. And three weeks before I take the trip, the guy that's been running my company, the guy that I invested five years with decides that he's going to leave and start his own company. And I'm like, man, like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to, how am I going to take this trip? I sold my house. It's under contract. I sold everything I own. Like I have this van and I'm getting ready to leave. And like I kind of need my company to still be viable and make money. Like I'm going to live off that while I'm traveling. Out of nowhere, Jamie Forte calls me. And he goes, hey, man, I know you're killing it in real estate. He's like, "Uh, I happen to get into real estate. And uh, he's like, I'm looking for a new opportunity. I'm the COO of a a large um, inside sales company in Rochester, New York. And I'm looking for a new opportunity. Do you know of any? And I was like, thank you, God. Like, like, thank you. Like, this is, you got to understand, like, this is somebody that I like, I like looked up to, like as somebody that, that I wanted to be like, and now this person's calling and asked me for an opportunity three days after the other guy walked out and I had a huge hole that I didn't know how I was going to fill. And uh, he came down that weekend. He accepted the position to run my company. He still runs my company today. Now we've transitioned that from an independent real estate company to EXP, which is not a network marketing company, but has a very comparable model. And the guy that I got into network marketing and, and, and like truly looked up to is now running my company as we moved into this similar model and sharing advice and wisdom on that model with me in just very meaningful and compelling ways. And when you, when you thread all of that together, And so many parts of this that I didn't have time to share with you guys here today. Like, if you can't believe in God with all of that, like I I got nothing for you, But, but like, but like, trust me, I believe, like, I believe so much. And I hope that my story As I get to a position and a platform now where I'm able to share more of me and people reach out to me to do interviews like this and want to learn more about like how I got to where I am and why I am the way I am, that that will provide opportunities for me to share the story in more meaningful ways that will help people wake up to their own miracles that are being woven around them and that that will turn them towards the God that's there that loves them and wants the best for them and has opportunities that he wants to give them if they'll just receive them.
1: Man, thanks for sharing that, man. There are no coincidences, right? <laughs> it's so crazy, man, just to hear that story. And then I've talked to Jamie too, so to, to hear his perspective, and I didn't know all of that background, but just, you know, I've heard some of it. And so to hear that is like, Man, it's awesome. So next time I see Jamie, I've got some major questions for him, man. <laughs> he was like holding back when I was talking to him. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, yeah, as we wrap this up, thank you so much for sharing that. I think is the last question would be, is there anything that you might not have gotten to say that you wanted to say or that you would want to share that we maybe didn't ask you or anything? And then, yeah, we can wrap it up.
0: Man, I think that Everything that we said here today was, was perfect. And um, it was what it was supposed to be. And there'll certainly be more opportunities, but I just encourage anybody who's listening, who's hung on for this long um, and, and listened to this whole podcast that you just ask yourself, what is success going to look like for you? You know, take, take all the limitations that you have in your mind and your heart. And just ask yourself with the time that you have, what do you wanna achieve and why do you wanna achieve it? Get really clear on that and don't let yourself be disempowered by the how. Like, I don't know how I got here. I couldn't have in my younger self said, this is how I'm gonna get to the John Mikish of 2021. Never in my wildest dreams could I have thought that. So don't be disempowered by the how, be motivated by the what. What is it that you're going to stand for? What is it that you want to be? What is it that you're going to do with this one life that you've been given and focus on that and the, how will figure itself out.
1: Beautiful, man. Man, there's, there's so much more I would love to go into, but, uh, I'll just recap with this. I love Jerry sharing his story about being the older guy. And I love the fact of what you said is like, you know, I'm 37 and, uh, I might have already lived 95% of my life, you know what I mean? And then your story at the end there, you know, so my encouragement to folks is exactly what you just said. And then also think about, you know, what, how valuable your life is and what that means on the other side. Right. So take account of that, figure it out for yourself and like, get those questions answered. So, man, this is another great episode. I want to thank you so much, John, for coming on. Uh, You're an inspiration to both of us. Thanks for your leadership. And we will catch you on the next one, man. Appreciate you guys. Oh, last thing, actually, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, That way they can connect with you if they want to.
0: Yeah, just send me an email, john at JohnMikish.com. That's the easiest way. Perfect. Thanks for
1: listening to this week's
0: episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.